0: Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 198 of the podcast. You're joining us live here on Facebook or YouTube. Today is Sunday, July the 5th. It's weird saying July the 5th after yesterday. We're saying 4th of July. But anyway, happy 244th birthday to the United States of America. And we have some crazy fights coming up next week. Fight Island is finally here. Before we get into all that, Let me introduce the other folks I have on the line here. I have UFC featherweight and friend of the show all the way from Tampa, Florida, about 20 minutes away from where I'm sitting right now. But, you know, (laughs) quarantine life. We got to do this thing long distance. Billy Q, Billy Quarantello. Say his damn name right. How you doing, (laughs) sir?
1: (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for having me on this uh, Sunday night, man. It's good to be here.
0: Well, it's good to have you, man. I mean, you've been... uh, You've been the, the center of some drama and some crazy fights and, and a whole whole bunch of things that, that we're going to get into. But first, I got to introduce my trusty co-pilot here all the way from New Jersey, Jeff, the animal Wilson. Jeff, how you feeling on this Sunday evening, my friend?
2: Well, I feel great. I feel free, man. As you can tell, I got my Captain America shirt on because yesterday was July 4th. So happy birthday to the single greatest country in the world. I don't care what anybody else says, Bill. We got problems. Everybody everywhere has problems. Right?
0: That, that's true. I mean, sometimes it, it seems a little more overwhelming depending how much you turn on your television. Um, but we don't need to get into any of that here. We're here to talk about fighting and booze and fun stuff. So, Billy, it, I've been meaning to have you back on for the longest time. And it's really been a long time. It's been about a year since we've done the oh, show wow. together. Has
1: it, been, has it been that long?
0: Yeah, I was wow. I had to look it up cuz it was right before your contender series fight and I was telling Jeff and Jeff was like, "What are you talking about? He was just on a couple of months ago."
1: Right? That I mean, these 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 are uh, these first few months, man, it, it, of this year. You know, it seems like uh, you know, everything's going by so slow, but next thing you know, you know, the year's halfway over and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, coming up on a coming up on a year on that contender series fight. So, I know I've seen you a bunch of times since then, so it doesn't seem like it's been that long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've hanged out. We've, we've trained a little bit and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but we, we just haven't gotten around to do a show and you're making the, you're making the rounds that you've been on all the biggest podcasts, um, blowing up after this Spike Carlisle fight. But since the last time you've been on the show, Billy, and, and you and I have talked a bunch personally, but since the last time we've spoken publicly, uh, you got engaged, you yep. became a homeowner, you got yeah. your black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. You won your contender series fight in impressive fashion. You won your UFC debut in dominant fashion. And you had, in my opinion, already a contender for fight of the year with Spike Carlisle. So it's been a hell of a year. Do you feel like you're really starting to find your stride uh, in this game here?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting that, you know, all that happened, you know, in in this year, you know, this it's been a pretty crazy experience, you know. Um there was obviously times in the in the past few months where, you know, or you know, before before the year started, you know, before this last year like, you know, talking to you last year, you know, there was times that I, you know, I never thought I'd get to the UFC. Uh just to be 2-0 in the UFC, you know, a homeowner engaged uh, you know, it's it's like one of those things that like i've been working on all these different things you know very goal oriented trying to do all these things and it seems like you know about the 10 year mark everything really started coming together and uh, and i'm just in a a great position right now even with this whole uh, coronavirus thing uh you know i'm still getting ready to to get another fight hopefully in august or september and uh you know things 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 could be a lot worse as uh as the animal was saying just a minute ago
0: (laughs) yeah for sure um and you know, even though we haven't had you on the show, we've definitely been along for the ride. I don't know if you were aware, but we did like a fight companion thing. We call them brawl crawls here with the manimal uh, for your last fight.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I heard <laughs> about minimal Men- tagging me in something.
0: Yeah, he does that. <laughs>
1: I got, I got to go. I, I'll have to go back and check that out. Manimal. What a, what a great guy that he is. He, I'm sure he mentioned it, but he was out there for my contender series fight. And, uh, you know, we were staying in the hotel next to each other. So we had a, we had a great time there. It was the first time I got to, got to meet him and uh great, great dude. That guy
0: is. Oh yeah. We love Manimal We, we have him on all the time and he's always a blast. <laughs> he's, he's a train wreck, but like the most hilarious <laughs> yeah. kind and the best part of it was we, we finished watching the fight with spike and my heart's racing. Yeah. Cause you know, we're all, we're all yeah, stressing close, out right? for you. It, it was really close. I was like, I don't know, man. I thought Billy won, but I'm biased. And then, yeah, of course. And, and manimal goes, fuck it. He's my friend. I give him all three rounds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Appreciate it, manimal. That's great.
0: But, um, yeah, so since then, you went back out to Vegas and uh, you were gonna corner the steamroller, but uh, mm-hmm. unfortunate series of events there. You wound up testing positive for a disease you didn't even know you had. Uh, I so know. I, I know you've talked about it a bunch other places already, so we won't dwell on it, but you know, to kind of get into what happened with that whole situation a little bit,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, strangest thing, man. I, um, you know, so I won my fight against Spike, came back to Tampa. Was still pretty much, um, you know, quarantined in terms of, you know, I wasn't really going to the gym because I, I, I kind of jacked my shoulder up. It was like a pre-existing injury, mm-hmm. um, but so I really wasn't at the gym, so I wasn't surrounded by, you know, 50, 60, you know, you know how it is at Grace of Tampa South. There's usually 50 people there every night. Yeah. So I came back, and I had two weeks for a frivolous fight, and I, and I, already, I already knew I was supposed to be in his corner, so... I didn't really do too much for about a week and a half. And then I had my brother and my, my sister-in-law and a couple people, they came to visit us. So we went out a couple times, you know, we went out and got food. We went to the beach, didn't really do that much. You know, mm-hmm. like we, I wasn't around, you know, 50 to hundred people ever. So, and I, and I felt fine the whole time. So it was just such a weird thing. Um, mm-hmm. Then we, of course, me and Fervola got together. We flew out to Vegas, still felt completely fine, got tested, you know, obviously we we're like joking about it. Like, dude, wouldn't it be crazy if one of us tested positive because at that <laughs> point, no one, no one really was testing positive. Yeah. Um. And then sure enough, they, oh man, such a scary thing. I woke up the next morning and uh, it was a text and said, this is, uh, I forgot if it was Amy, this girl, Amy, she goes, Hey, this, no, Amber, it was this girl, Amber. I know I've, I've, you know, I've talked to her a bunch of times. She goes, Hey, this, this Amber with the UFC call me immediately. And I was like, Oh no. Oh shit. This is. Not good. They're not, they're never going to text you something like that in the morning. Um, If it was like, you know, they're they're not going to give me an extra bonus check in the morning like that. So (laughs) I was like, Oh God. So I called her. She said, uh, you know, you tested positive. She said, don't worry because, and this is, you know, this is like what a lot of people are going through this, this COVID it's just so like, we don't really know too much about it yet. Um, And she said, don't worry about it because, you know, she's like stay isolated, but the last two weeks there they had fights and they had two different cases where they had a person test positive that was a false positive so uh-huh. they tested positive and then they tested the next day and it was negative so i was still obviously really worried but i was like all right well, let's see what happens so two guys came up in, a, in hazmat suits and tested me again <laughs> and they pretty much yeah it was like it was like <laughs> out of like you know a movie like an alien movie and uh, i was like all right guys so they test me again um, at that point me and Fribola were still in the same hotel suite so like he was on one side I was on the other side you know in different rooms mm-hmm. um, they basically told him to get a different room they gave him a different room right next door so he left at that point and then we stayed quarantined the entire day that was on Wednesday and he um, still and thinks I,
0: he's fighting at that point
1: yeah yeah he's still hoping you know he's still and I'm actually telling him the same thing you know this this kind of stuff happens you know, with fighters all the time, you know, people back out, people miss weight, people, um, you know, get injured or, or uh, you know, can't make weight. So basically the mentality is always, you know, you got to keep training like the fight time. So I know he was doing like hotel workouts. He was like on like the treadmill downstairs and uh we were just hoping for the best. And it was just, Oh man, it was so boring. Cause after that I basically had to stay quarantined that whole Wednesday They came back Wednesday night and they were like, um, you're still positive. So they're, they're going to basically decide if the fight's on or not. So Uh Matt had, uh, Matt before he came to, so he went from New York to Tampa, trained here in Tampa for about six weeks and then went to Vegas before he came to Tampa, he got tested and he had the antibodies. So apparently he already had it at some point and was, you know, had the, had the antibodies for it. So. Uh We thought he made a strong case to still be able to fight. Sure. Um, he got t- he got tested again and was negative again. So he was negative twice. Um, but I feel like the UFC just didn't want to take any chances on it. So mm-hmm. they basically were like, listen, we got to cancel this fight. Um, you know, your guys's op- the fight's off either way. Your guys' options are either to stay in Vegas for 14 days or you can drive back but you know you can't fly so you're on like a no fly list now because you tested positive so for me it was an easy decision I'm like I'm not staying here quarantined for 14 days um I'm hitting the road and then Matt Matt took about a day to figure it out and then on Friday morning we hit the road and drove all the way back it was it was terrible was it
0: was it like a like a fun road trip or was it like every now and then he would look over at you like, dude, you fucked up my whole weekend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, he was, uh, you know, you, you know uh, we've been friends for uh, over 10 years now, so we know each other really well. He he flew out and cornered me in my fight.
2: Mm-hmm. There was a
1: little bit of animosity, like kind of like joking animosity, but um, the UFC ended up taking care of him. They ended up giving him his, his show and his win, win purse. Mm-hmm. So he ended up making out pretty well. Um, I'm, I really didn't get anything out of it. I had to pay for my own flight there and then drove back and I didn't make anything from it. So, uh,
0: yeah.
1: you know, if anyone should be upset, it should be me <laughs> Yeah. now, but I, you know, I get it. You know, he didn't, he didn't get a chance to fight, which sucks, but like I said, the UFC took care of him. Hopefully he can fight again in, in August. That's what he's looking for. And just the whole experience, you know, we already look back on it. Like, Holy crap. It was just so crazy, but you know, we're both back now. So it's all good.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can understand there being tension, especially like when he's cutting weight and everything. And you know, the you have that added frustration, but it's it's definitely not at you. And I know you're not the type of guy to take it personally anyway. But yeah, I guess I guess you got kind of screwed there, and so did Frank Camacho, because <laughs> his opponent who pulled yeah. out gets gets his win bonus, and uh he has to face a new yeah. opponent and winds and up getting it, knocked yeah. out. But yeah, credit man. to him. Like I was looking forward to that fight so much, but credit to Frank was, for yeah.
1: Yeah, that was gonna. I think that was gonna be a really good fight, and um, you know, every opportunity, you know, there's always positives and negatives. Some other guy got a chance, and he went out there and took the took advantage of it and got the win. Uh, you know, me and Matt are still cool. He doesn't really care. His dad actually called me. Like, the bulldozer. Yeah, the bulldozer called me uh, the morning, like on on Thursday morning, uh, when we basically knew the fight was off, and he was basically like, "Listen, Billy, dude, we got your back, no matter what." Like it's all good. Like these things happen. There's nothing you could do about it. You know, you're mm-hmm. part of our family. So we're, we're, we're cool. Me and the Frivolas, I'll, I'll get along really well. And uh, you know, like I said, Matt got paid. So he's back in long Island now and we'll both be fighting again soon.
0: Yeah. That had to make it sting a little less that they still took care of him financially. That was a, that was a stand up move on the part of the UFC to do that. And it's weird because they don't really have a protocol to handle this because like the week before Ian Heinish's coach, tested positive wound up being a false positive, but they just didn't let him come. So he just didn't have him in his corner. And then with this one, they were like, no, we got to call the fight off. Like even knowing that there are false positives and everything out there, you gotta, you gotta err on the side of caution. I mean, you're handling a, a multi-billion dollar company. You gotta, you gotta make these tough decisions sometimes. Um, Yeah, exactly. And sometimes the decision is made for them. Like when a fighter in the main event tests positive, for COVID nineteen, and you got to find a replacement the last minute. And our buddy Mark on the other side of the world in Australia says he just woke up. Any breaking MMA news overnight? Well, Mark, <laughs> if you really there haven't you heard, I don't know if you're being facetious or not, but if you really haven't heard, Gilbert Burns tested positive for COVID nineteen. He had to withdraw from the title match with Kamara Usman, and as of like two hours ago, he was replaced by Jorge Masvidal officially. Per Dana White's Twitter, uh, Billy. I don't know if you got this news. I know you're pretty on top of things, but uh, mm-hmm. give me your thoughts.
1: Yeah, since I've uh, I'm still in isolation, I had I had plenty of time to look at MMA Twitter. So yeah, I'm a uh, man. What a what an exciting fight, man! I really hope you know Masvidal has really been training hard because you know when we always train. You know, fighters are always training, uh, but you know to get ready for a world title fight against you know arguably you know. One of the best welterweights of all time. Uh, you know, there's it's it's a it's a tough uh, tough task ahead of him. But I think we're all uh, I think I speak for everyone in the MMA world, which this is going to be an exciting fight. We're definitely going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I love it. I think it's a, a really a great matchup. I wish they would have made this fight originally, and then mm-hmm. you know they they both would have been ready to go. Um, I think you know it's it's a tough fight for both guys. You know, Gilbert Burns and Masvidal are a lot different styles. They fight a lot different. So, uh, I'm definitely gonna be tuning in and, uh, you know, the show goes on.
0: Yeah. I feel like for a guy like Usman though, his game plan doesn't change. Like, you know what he's going to do and he'll come out there with the same approach. No matter. The only time we've seen him with a different approach was his last fight with Covington where he stood the whole time. Didn't go for one single takedown. But, um, the, the most unfortunate thing, I am so excited for this fight. I almost feel bad being excited for this fight because of how bad I feel for Gilbert Burns, because I'm such a big fan of Gilbert and he really deserved this opportunity. I say on the show all the time, I think he's the most underrated combat sports athlete on the planet, probably the fact that he competes in so many different venues and does so much and he's willing to step up at any time to take a challenge. And I know you must know Gilbert a little bit because he's come through Tampa South. Uh, Have you had the opportunity to train with him at all?
1: Yeah. uh, I, the, the one time that he was, the one time that when we were there at the same time, I got a chance to watch him and uh, Matt Arroyo roll. Um, but I was already, I was, I was kind of banged up, so I didn't get a chance to roll with him, but I will say this, he's a super nice guy. Uh, him and his brother are both studs, you know, they trained right here in South Florida. Uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah, there he's not going anywhere, you know, as much as you feel bad for him right now, he, you know, the, the public usually gives the perception of fighters And everyone knows that he was game. He was ready to step up. They knew, you know, everyone knew he probably would have gave Usman a pretty tough challenge. You know, Mm -hmm. could have beaten him. Who knows? Um, But I I don't think, I don't think really he loses too much stock. I don't think he's going to get a title shot next, but maybe. Who knows? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You never know with with the way things are going now. Yeah, maybe. Somebody else tests positive and you know, he'll always be ready. Um, Jeff, what are your thoughts on this uh, last minute replacement here by Gamebred stepping up?
2: Yeah, dude, huge letdown. You know, I, I've been watching Gilbert Burns for a while. I, I, I Like you said, he's so game for any rule set, any opponent. So it's a huge letdown to see that he's not fighting Kamaru Usman. And, you know, if you're Kamaru Usman, I think you're breathing a sigh of relief right now, man. Um, the guy who was on the tear in your division, is, is out for the time being, and now you have an opponent on six days' notice. You know, things are kind of in his favor, but, dude, it's so exciting, man. Um, and I hope the UFC is taking care of Jorge Masvidal now for him to step up on six days' notice. I, I mean, I, can really, I can't I can think of anybody else who would do that against Kamaru Usman, man. Um, like you said, he's a monster, dude. I mean, you've seen very few people do to Tyron Woodley what he did to Tyron Woodley, man. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I hope the UFC is really taking care of Masvidal, but dude, what an exciting fight, man. Uh, I can't wait.
0: And it probably will boost the pay-per-view numbers for him too, because, uh, as much as I'm a fan of Gilbert, he's not as well known as, as Masvidal. Masvidal is one of the biggest stars the sport has right now. So it'll probably boost those pay-per-view points for Usman a little bit. And as big of a fan of Usman as I am, he's not the biggest draw, yeah. um, you know, that just happens to be the case with guys who fight with his particular style. And he's, he's not a big shit talker. He just goes out there and, and does what he needs to do and dominates. Um, but, you know, people don't always appreciate that. Um, Billy, you got any other thoughts on this main event before we move on down the line here?
1: Uh, no, I'll be watching. It and uh, I think what the animal was saying is saying uh, is accurate. I think uh, Gilbert Burns might have been, you know, just stylistically, might have been a, a tougher matchup for Usman. Um, but now it's, uh, it's a really exciting fight and, you know, Masvidal's got that, that knockout power. So it's going to mm-hmm. be a great fight, I think.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's, I feel like similar to how I felt before Masvidal was going to fight Ben Askren. It's like, well, can he keep it on the feet? And then <laughs> yeah. he, didn't,
1: he didn't have to <laughs> yeah
0: Askren didn't stay on his feet for more than five yeah. seconds.
1: Exactly.
0: All right, Jeff, I'm going to lead with you on this one because I definitely want the featherweight in the room to weigh in on this championship fight. Alexander Volkanovski in a rematch is going to defend the title against Max Holloway. It's weird to think, you know, a year ago, last time you and I talked, Billy, we we thought like Max Holloway was going to be on this epic run, which, you know, he definitely was. But here we are a year later, and now we got a new champ. Um, So I'll start with you, Jeff. Give me your thoughts on on Volkanovski here. Um, It seems like he's the favorite going into this one, but that last fight was pretty
2: close. Yeah, dude, I'm excited. I think that if you're Volkanovski, you go in with the same strategy, dude. I was loving the leg kicks in that first fight. I thought it was a genius move from Volkanovski. You know, he's got those thick legs, and you know, being a former rugby player and just um, being able to neutralize Max Holloway's movement, man. And, you know, a lot, so much power comes from the hips and everything. So I thought it was a really good strategy against somebody who's lanky and, and taller than you. So – I think you do basically more of the same if you're Volkanovsky. And I'm curious to see how Max Holloway bounces back from this, you know, he lost to conor mcgregor before he's lost to dustin poirier before but the circumstances were just different you know um he was already a ufc champion the second time he lost to dustin poirier the first time he lost to dustin poirier and even conor mcgregor it was early on in his career so you Mm -hmm. know he was able to bounce back from that so i'm curious to see how you know a more seasoned a more veteran max holloway approaches this fight
0: yeah i i mean if, if uh if a champion deserves an immediate rematch, it's got to be Max Holloway, Billy. This is the top of your division here, um, yep. so you're you're looking up the ladder at these guys. So you're you're probably going to have a different perspective uh, on it than we are. W- what are you looking at with this fight?
1: Yeah, man, I'm just super excited. Uh, I'm 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 so happy they gave Max the immediate rematch. I think he deserved it. Um, mm-hmm. I've been a huge Max Holloway fan just for years. Um, you know, I watched that fight in Atlanta that he unfortunately lost, but I got a chance to meet him there and talk to him just for a couple minutes. Um, and uh, yeah, I can see it. I can I can I know it's gonna be a similar fight. I, I think it's gonna be a very close fight. I'd like to see a little more output from Max and, you know, do you got to do something about those leg kicks, which I'm sure he's going to address. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping for a great fight. I would love to, you know, eventually fight Volkanovski. I don't necessarily want to fight Max because uh, I'm just such a big fan of his. You know, mm. it's hard not to root. It's hard not to root for a guy like Max Holloway. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely looking at this one with uh, – a lot of intentions. Maybe see those guys down the road in, in in a you know year and a half, two years down the road. Um, you know when I when I get myself in that position to fight one of them. Um, so I'll obviously be watching this one as a, as a fan, but more so as a competitor and and uh, a future competitor to one of these guys.
0: Yeah, how does it feel knowing that your division is so competitive now? Because there there weren't a whole lot of eyes on the featherweight division for a little while. It looked like Max was going to kind of run away with it. But now we got a lot of guys coming up in the mix. Uh, you know, we got guys like yourself. We got, uh, you know, guys further down the card that are fighting here that are really mm-hmm. exciting. Um, and I never thought about the idea of you fighting Max until you just said you didn't want to, and then the idea popped in my head, and I'm like, well, that's a really fun fight because you guys have pretty yeah. similar styles. But um, what do you think about the competitiveness of the division right now?
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's a great time. I think the, the you know, it, Bantamweight and Featherweight right now are, you know, and obviously lightweight's always flourishing, it seems like. But, yeah, the Featherweight lately, man, it's just been great fights. You know, that Josh Emmett fight the other day against Shane Burgos. Woo, that was yeah. a great fight. Uh, Andre Feely, too, had a great fight against uh, the Jordine. Um, those were both great fights um calvin cater fighting uh, what is it next weekend um there's the top of the division is just a fun fun division right now uh danny gay um yeah i'm i'm super excited to be a part of it and you know i'm starting to look at these matchups down the road you know the the top 20 guys in the world there's a lot of really really fun matchups for me at, at the top and i'm just ex- i'm just happy that the rest of the world can, you know, can kind of get a chance to see how exciting it is. And, you know, cause for a, a, maybe for a little while, I think a lot of people thought that Max Holloway was going to run away with it, that he was clearly, you know, the best, you know, beating Eldo mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, defending his title and everything. Um, but now it's kind of uh, up in the air, you know, how does, how does like a Kelvin Cater, like a Josh Emmett look against these guys, you know, how do these, this next wave, you know, how is How's every, everyone going to you know fall into position? What matchups are going to be made? So it's just a really exciting time right now to be a UFC fighter, featherweight fighter. Uh, you know, hopefully this, this COVID coronavirus pandemic kind of calms down a little bit soon and we can kind of get back to normal. But, uh, you know, when we do, I think uh, it's going to be a, a great opportunity for me because I feel like I have a skill set that matches up really well with a lot of these guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm... I believe that as well, but I'm a little bit biased, admittedly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so let me just talk to you about this landscape right now with the coronavirus thing. Uh, is the is the UFC actively calling you guys, or do you have to raise your hand and say like, "Hey, I'm I'm here. I'm ready to go. Like, send me fights."
1: Um. Well, we we me and Matt Arroyo and uh, Matt Arroyo and Sean Shelby are always talking, so they've actually. Um, offered me opportunities you know soon sooner sooner than later so for me at least you know since i already fought during the pandemic i think what they told a lot of people was you know like depending which state you're in depending what country you're in if you don't feel comfortable fighting right now you don't have to you know like they're not they're not making anyone fight right now of course hmm. um but they are looking uh what it seems like for to me uh just compared to what was going on with the UFC before, it seems like they're giving me more they're giving me more opportunities now because there's less of less options available. You know, I think a lot of the people in like other countries and and there's a lot of people that really don't want to either don't want to fight or just can't fight right now. So for me at least, the UFC's been in contact with me you know, all the time. And they said, if you want to fight, you can fight again in August. Um, you know, just got to make sure you get some, you know, make sure you're negative, make sure you feel fine, which I do. I feel fine. still. I just gotta, I haven't gotten a negative test yet. So I'm still quarantined until, uh, until I get a negative test and then I'll be ready to fight again as, as soon as possible.
0: Oh man. And you and you never experienced any symptoms throughout the whole thing.
1: The only symptoms that I like looking back on it, I because I didn't really know this was like a part of the symptoms until after. But so I have, you know, usually when I go to sleep, I've had, a, I've had, you know, maybe three or four broken noses. I've had it fixed twice. Um, so I've had like a stuffy nose at nighttime during, uh-huh. you know, even when I was in Vegas, I kind of a stuffy nose. And then some of the food that I ate, like I couldn't really taste it that much. So those were like the only symptoms. But I just thought that was because I had a stuffy nose. There's a lot of times, you know, years ago, months ago, weeks ago, even I'm sure in the future that I can't, sometimes I can't taste stuff or sometimes I can't smell stuff because of my nose. So, Mm. but I've heard, I've done a little bit of research and apparently that's like a, a common symptom of COVID that you can't taste, you can't taste or smell stuff. So that was like that for a couple days, but in terms of like coughing, sneezing, none of that, no fever, no, uh, no, no cold chills or hot chills or whatever you call it. Mm. Um, so, so no, it's, it's just been a really weird time because I feel completely fine, but I know people, uh, they obviously wouldn't be, wouldn't feel comfortable around me. So I've just stayed at my house. I've, you know, the only thing I'll, I'll really do is I'll ride my bike just by myself and, you know, keep a mask on me. And, uh, besides that, man, it's just been a really weird time. Cause I'm not injured. I'm not, I don't feel physically sick, but I've just been staying away from everyone just to, you know, be on the safe side.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, new, new homeowner. So I'm sure you got a lot to do around the house. Yeah,
1: <laughs> That is actually, I, uh, I stained my, my back fence and I'm getting, uh, I'm getting this, uh, concrete thing ready for a patio or for, uh, for my shed. So yeah, I've, I've done a ton of work at the new house. It's, it's not a, not a terrible place to be stuck in. We actually got a little kitty cat the other day, too. He's running around here somewhere. So got a little friend here now, a uh, little Coco over there. And, uh, yeah, we've been uh, just hanging out, man. <laughs> it's weird.
0: Badass UFC fighters. Got a little kitty cat like mm-hmm. so becoming a becoming a, a family man
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we got I got I got a little a little little dog and a little kitty cat now me and my girl and uh yeah it, you know it is what it is but uh I'm, I'm ready to, to punch some people man I haven't been you know and I'm, I'm it's a weird <laughs> feeling I'm like my I had like a pre-existing shoulder injury that's been bothering me that yeah. pretty much went away I feel good And, uh, all, all, all my training partners that are posting like sparring, you know, videos and pictures and stuff, man, I get so jealous, but I'll be back soon. I'll be, I'll be there to whoop on them pretty soon.
0: Yeah. I just got a kitty cat and a little dog. And anyway, I'm ready to punch people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I miss it, man. I miss the violence. There's no, there's no violence in my house. You know, we're all, we're all like really chill. So, uh, I do miss like, you know, like, like camaraderie, you know, all my amateur fighters, they're, they're all getting ready to fight soon. Bunch of pro guys. I know for was talking about coming back too. So I just want things to go back to normal, man.
0: Yeah, I would too. I didn't even get a chance to see him last time he was in town. We were texting a little (laughs) bit and, um, you know, you, got to kind of put things aside. I haven't been able to get back in the gym myself. I've been doing a lot of bike riding and yeah, it's, um, it's real tough, man. But at least you, you, uh, you got to do the quarantine before you had kids. So I don't know yeah. if kids are in a plan or not, but I gotta tell you, man, quarantine with a toddler is not a fun time.
1: <laughs> I, I've actually I've heard that I've heard that from a few people that you know have has been have been stuck with their you know with their children and it seems pretty rough. Uh no children yet, maybe in the future after we are getting married next year. So we'll see what happens with all that.
0: You're a smart man pacing yourself. Yeah, you, you know, you work on the house, you're building your career, you're just hitting your prime. So uh, you're doing it the right way. Yep. Man. Um, let's see, nice we got, uh, phantom weight, the, uh, the vacant title. It doesn't, it doesn't like fully feel like a title fight to me. So Hudo kind of like, you know, in his own awkward way, walked away from the title. And I, I guess you can't blame him. you know, two division champion. I, I heard he has a gold medal. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> <He's gonna laughs> I, I, I've, I've heard that too, <laughs> but he, uh, he vacated his title, and uh so now they give it to Peter Yan and and Jose Aldo. Um, you know, Aldo coming off a loss, but it you know it was a really close fight. And um, you know, a lot of people upset about that, but you know, Aldo's a legend. I I guess I could see, you know, why they would why they would kind of do it this way. But if you take all that away, um one, you know, I'm still questioning how Aldo's gonna look after this weight cut to 135 because he used to struggle making 145 your your weight mm-hmm. class really. I mean, he's yeah. not he's not like a really small dude. Um mm-hmm. and he has to make 135 on the nose cuz it's a title fight. And um you know, Jan's been you know, he's been destroying people, but he's been yeah. but he's a big 135 or two. So you may have mm-hmm. one of these guys win and Aldo could retire, <laughs> it gets vacated again and Jan could move up. <laughs> Um, there, yeah. there's a lot of different things that could happen here, but let's, uh, let's take all that, put all that aside and, and just look at the fight here and, and have some fun talking about this. What do you, what do you think, Billy?
1: Yeah. Um, well, my original thought when it was made was, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal because, you know, Elge- Aljo, Sterling still had a fight coming up. Um, you know, and, and we still had to kind of see how that played out now. It's like, man, I just feel bad for algermain Sterling. I felt like he's done enough where he deserves a title fight, but just like what you said, Jose Aldo has done so much for the sport. He looked, he looked good against Morales, even though he lost a close decision. Um, I think it's going to be a great fight. I can, I can see Peter, or I can see Jan, uh, you know, kind of picking him apart a little bit. I think he's just a little bit sharper, um, but I'm, it's almost like I'm more interested in to see like who fights after that. You know what I mean? Like, cause they got, you got Aljamain Sterling on the sidelines. I think, you know, he's definitely ready for a fight. You got Morales still. You got you know, um, who knows what's gonna happen with like Cody Garbrandt, Dominick Cruz still in the wings. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another another really exciting division that uh, you know uh, Sugar uh, Sean O'Malley's you know coming up young up and comer. Um, so yeah, I think for me, I think uh, Jan might probably will take it. It would, it would be cool to see eldo you know win that title too just because he's had such a, a a crazy long career um you know and he's he's done everything there's there's to do at featherweight mm-hmm. so definitely excited uh definitely interested in that fight uh but I, w- I would be more interested if uh if sterling was fighting one of those guys i think uh, like sterling and Jan was is the fight to make
0: yeah i I think a lot of people were on board with that but i guess they had already had this in the works when Sterling was about to have his last fight with Sanhagen. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was all made of, up. They were already pushing it through. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's unfortunate for Aldo because it, he would be in this top 10 greatest of all time conversation. If he never runs into Conor McGregor, the guy was just so dominant. And I feel like everybody just forgot about that. Um,
1: yeah. That one fight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, Jeff, w- what do you think about this? Bantam uh, bantamweight title fight here?
2: Oh dude, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jose Aldo. Um, you know, I felt like everybody underestimated him after that loss to Conor McGregor, but dude, this fight doesn't make sense to me, man. I love Jose Aldo, but he's only got one fight in the bandweight division. I really wanted it to be Aljo, uh, Sterling as well. You know, I think that's kind of like the consensus here. Uh, mm. you know, I was really high on Aljo after his last win. Um, I can't remember who it was. Um, Was it Stamen?
1: Uh, No, Corey Sane.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, Corey Sane. I can't believe I couldn't remember that. But, um, yeah, dude, uh, another guy was tearing it up in the bandweight division, and Aljo smoked him, so... Uh I really felt like it would be Aljo and I'm kind of with Billy Q on this one where I'm kind of excited to see what happens after this. You know, once we have an established champion, um, you know, who comes in next? Do you give it to Aljo? Do you give it to maybe Morais? You know, Cody Garbrandt looks like looked really good in his last fight. There were some glimpses of, you know, when he beat uh, Dominic Cruz. Um, but man, dude, uh You know, Cejudo kind of left a little bit of a mess here, but I can't really (laughs) blame Cejudo for leaving. I mean, um, you know, some people, and even I thought that it was a little bit of an early stoppage when he beat Dominic Cruz, but I didn't see him having any issues against Dom in in the two rounds that they fought, man. Um, Mm -hmm. Bill, you remember this when when he did the reaction is – that uh, yeah, this is gonna get confusing. <laughs> um, <laughs> that does, yeah. <laughs> I, um, go on, what, what did you say? <laughs> yeah, because I got, I got a pair of bills on the show, so um, but um, dude, you know, the way that Cejudo was able to kind of read Dominic's movement and every time Dom went one way he was getting a leg kicked and if he mm-hmm. went the other way the other leg was getting kicked so yeah. you know um but still a really exciting time uh for the band weight division which i think it needed a little bit of a shake up uh especially in like the top title uh contention but man i mean you got a, a killers row of guys man aldo peter jan who you know i still feel like he, it's a little bit too soon to be giving him a title shot but mm-hmm. he, he's a He's a monster, dude. Um, I'm loving Morais. I-, I want him to get back in the picture soon. Aljo Sterling. You know, I'll always be a fan of Dominic Cruz. Uh, I'm glad Cody Garbrandt's making a comeback. TJ Dillashaw suspension. It looks like it's going to be up soon. So we'll oh, yeah. see what happens with that. Um, yeah.
0: You so- guys still got Jimmy Rivera running around in there, too. Yeah, the stack division. What the way it's going to get more sticky is if Aldo wins and then retires, which I could definitely see happening. Like, what else does that guy have to prove? He yeah. wins the belt and then it's like, all right, here you go. You know, I'm good. I've, I've had a full career and then you got to figure something out. You, you know, obviously Aljamain Sterling is going to be in there. Who do you put next to him? Is there a rematch with what I You know, you get, um, you know, you just start playing hot potato with this belt. But anyway, Enough about that. Um, th- this is how crazy stacked this card is. We got three title fights, and then the first non-title fight is a rematch of a title fight <laughs> between Jessica Andrade and Rose Namajunas. Um, you know, and Rose is looking good in that fight, um, you know, until she wouldn't let go uh, of that Kimura yeah. on, that, uh, on that high crotch. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Billy... Let's, let's start with you. What, what do you think about this rematch here?
1: Yeah, oh, man, a huge uh, Rose Namajunas fan. Uh, I definitely, I, 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 th- I completely agree with what you said. I thought she was winning that fight um, pretty convincingly. You know, I thought she was doing really well in that fight. And she had, she like, something similar happened er- earlier where she went for, like, that Kimura trap. And uh, Jessica kind of lifted her, and she kind of got away from it. Um, and then, yeah, she just committed to it too much and, uh, unfortunately, got dropped on her head um yeah i don't know i i definitely think rose you know hopefully she can come back from it you know i feel like this uh this pandemic it it, it kind of changes it definitely changes the way pretty much everyone's been training i know for my fight i wasn't i was barely at the gym at all you know we had a few sparring sessions but it was mostly training at my house and then when we went to the gym it would be an it was an hour session in and out you know got a few good training partners and and left so you know, hopefully Rose had a good training camp. You know, I know she had a lot of uh, concerns going into this uh, pandemic. Um, you know, same with Max Holloway. Max Holloway was talking about him just doing zoom meetings the whole time and he didn't have spar at all. So hopefully he's just, you know, bluffing a little bit on that and he's just trying to get in Volkanasi's head. But I, I know from experience, man, these, the training camps are a lot different. Like I couldn't, like when I flew out to my fight, I'm like, man, am I really about to fight right now? Like, cause mm-hmm. it just, it, I wouldn't say it was like a worse training camp. It was just completely different. You know what I mean? Everything was different. Like, you know, I was I was just doing stuff with like a couple people instead of going to the gym and there being 40 people there. So, you know, you didn't get as many, you didn't get uh, the exact looks that you always wanted. So mm-hmm. I think the the winner of a lot of these fights, is just going to be determined with who had a better pandemic training camp because everyone's training camp got shook up. So I'm obviously rooting for Rose. Um but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be a great fight, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, Andrade is, is a beast. I mean, she's, yeah. that, that's a scary woman for, a, mm-hmm. you know, considering she's 115 pounds. It's, it's like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to
2: <laughs>
0: get in there with her. <laughs> She's, like she's got to be, I think, to me, she's the scariest 115 pounder out there just because she's got, she's got like that power and like that, Not just punching power, but like the way she spiked Rose on her head in that last bite. That's like like crazy lower back strength that you don't see in in women that size. It's just like not, it's not common. It's, it's, uh, it's concerning. (laughs) Anyway, um, Jeff, give me your thoughts.
2: Well, I'm excited, man. Uh, you know, like Billy Q was saying, uh, Rose is looking super technical. It looked like she had the right strategy going into that fight. It looked like the Kimura Trap was the answer to to that lift, you know, up until it wasn't. But, um, you know, I, I wanted to go a, a little bit longer this time. I want to see, you know, wh- how, how do you respond to, like you said, Andrade's power? Because she's a monster, dude. I mean, you know, that, that was like something out of a pro wrestling match. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking of like a Bill. There was this wrestler named uh, Bill Goldberg, and he used to do this move called the jackhammer where you would just like drop people on their head out of like a suplex. So I, I, I it kind of reminded me of that. And you know, I, I want to see how Rose responds. I think that this time she just got to keep her distance from her, man. Avoid the grappling. Um, just to not get thrown around, but, you know, up until that point, she was so technical. And I feel like Rose has come such a long way from, you know, her season of the ultimate fighter in terms of becoming more technical in the standup, which I really mm-hmm. enjoy. So uh, I, you know, I kind of favor Rose in this one, but you can never count on out, man. That power is such a wild card.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I think she definitely learned her lesson too. Like a lot of people who favor that Kimura trap system, when they get a hold of it, you know, they have so many transitions off of it, they don't want to let it go. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, when you're six feet up in the air, you got to kind of think about letting it go because that's, yeah, that's what you got to do. It. If she just lets it go, then what what uh, Andraj did would have been illegal, spiking her on her neck. Um, and we would have a different outcome, or she probably would have landed a lot better, too.
1: She would have landed, I think. Yeah, I don't think she would have landed up like that if she would have kind of like bailed out on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got to kind of. Just cut your losses on that, and you know, work work from the bottom for a little bit. All right, this next one is speaks to how crazy this fight card is because I feel like nobody's talking about this. To me, this is the sleeper fight on the card. Um, you guys know I always like to give my sleeper fight picks um, that not not a lot of buzz around it, but this is a fucking banger in the light heavyweight division. Volkan Ozdemir and Yuri Prozaka uh, Prozaska, sorry. Um, This guy was the Ryzen light heavyweight champion. He's got knockout power moving forward, moving backwards, moving sideways, moving like walking on his hands probably. And uh, same with Ozdemir. We know he can just touch people's chin moving backwards and knock them out. Um, So sometimes when you have a matchup like this, it it becomes kind of a stalemate. But I don't think that's going to be the case here. Uh, Yuri has some awesome wins in Ryzen. He's knocked out CB Dalloway. He's knocked out King Mo. Um, he's, he's, he's got a lot of hype over in Japan, but not a lot of people know who he is, but people are familiar with Ozdemir. Um, so there, there's a lot more to win for Yuri here because if Ozdemir smokes him, it, a lot of people are going to be like, well, who was that guy anyway? Um, but I think, I feel like if Prozazka comes in and is able to look impressive, um, it, then a lot more people are going to start looking up his highlight reel, which is which is pretty impressive. He's done a lot of awesome things over there. Walked away from the light heavyweight title and rising to make his UFC debut. Uh, Jeff, give me your thoughts here. I know you're not too familiar with the this uh, animal from the Czech Republic, but I know you know who Ozemir is. Give me your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't know that he uh, was fighting in Ryzen, but uh, now I got to go check his highlights, man, um, and, and that's a pretty big list, man. King Mo is no easy task at, at light heavyweight, um, but now I'm excited, Bill. Now you told me a little bit about him, and Volkan you listen, you know he's going to put on an exciting fight. No matter who it is, he's going to come forward. He's going to bring power. And to see that um, he's going to be matched in both of those categories. I I don't see this fight going out of the first round, man.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I predict zero takedown attempts in this one. And I, because I think they have a combined, like combined, they've attempted like half a takedown (laughs) in their career. Uh, Billy, what do you think about this one?
1: Yeah, it sounds like a great fight. I don't know too much about um, this. Uh, what's his name? The Risen
0: Champion? Yuri Prochaska.
1: Yeah, Yuri. I actually, And it's funny you said that because I actually was looking on Twitter like minutes before we got on, and someone actually basically said, very similar to what you said, how this guy's one of those guys that has such a pedigree. And basically what they were saying in the tweet was, uh, after he beats, uh, you know, Vulcan, that everyone's gonna say, "Oh, I've been following this guy for this long and following this guy." So, um, for more of like like a guy like myself who you know has who doesn't really know who he is, it's a great opportunity for him. Um, but you've seen it with other guys, you know, other guys who've who come over to the UFC. It's a it's a lot different, you know. It's a it's a a lot a lot of nerves play into it. So it's definitely a different circumstance for him because you know, he's in the UFC now, but there's also no crowd. So maybe that's not going to, you know, it's maybe not as nerve wracking, you know, because the the thing with the UFC is, you know, you walk out there and there's, you know, 15,000 fans and, and, you know, it's being viewed by millions of people. So definitely an interesting debut. Um, but it sounds like he's got the resume to that. He belongs there. And, you know, my guess is my guess is the UFC's giving him a pretty decent paycheck and uh usually when they do that usually when guys come over and, and they're already making good money they they throw him to the wolves and you know see how he does against a, a high level guy like that so that's gonna be a great fight too man and uh i agree it doesn't on paper it doesn't sound like it's gonna go to the ground or go to the judges so we'll see what happens
0: yeah i i like finding these little hidden gems after this show drops you'll hear other people talk about it because you know oh, i'm giving your it now I'm your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get into this whole card because we've been we've been doing so much. But uh, there's one more fight I want to get your opinion on, Billy, because I know these guys have to be on your radar, and that's Makwan Amirakani and Danny Henry. Uh, both of these guys coming off of losses, but they're both real explosive, really fun fighters to watch in your division um uh, amir khani especially i feel like has to be on your radar this this is a guy who i i see you matching up with somewhere down the line um i I don't know if you've given it the same thought but give me your thoughts on this fight and uh you know where these guys are kind of sitting on your radar
1: yeah, um, uh, Americani, I've followed for a little. I've you know, I've, I've watched some of his fights. I was matched up with uh, fish gold, Chris Fish Gold, um, mm-hmm. and Americani beat fish gold, so I was able to watch that and kind of break him down a little bit. Um, he's you know, very well rounded fighter, just like um, uh, what's the guy's name, Henry? He's fighting,
0: yeah, Danny Henry. Henry,
1: yeah, I don't know too much about Danny Henry. Is he Canadian or is he European? Um,
2: yeah. Scottish or something I'm not too-
1: Scottish okay okay I'm, I was gonna mix up but uh yeah that'll be a that'll, I think that'll be a great fight Americani's is definitely someone on my radar he's probably you know ranked maybe 20th and I'm maybe like 40th or something so I definitely got a little bit uh, to go maybe you know the next fight or two uh I might get matched up with him eventually um but yeah I think it's gonna be a great fight I'm definitely gonna uh pay close attention to it um you know I haven't I, I wasn't really keeping track of a lot of these featherweights before I got to the UFC. I didn't want to like, you know, watch all these guys for no reason. But now that I'm here and I'm in the mix, 2-0, and um, I watch these fights a lot differently and a lot closer now.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'm got, sure you'll be watching to. this one. For yeah, sure. I'm sure you'll be watching this one closely. I think you're ranked a little higher than 40th, though. I don't know. If there's... I, I
1: hope so. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got to be. We gotta be we gotta be creeping up that ladder a little bit now. Um but yeah, Americani probably somewhere around twenty. This is a real deep division. Uh he's coming off a loss to Shane Burgos, so you know, no shame in that. And uh Danny Henry, I believe his only loss in the UFC was to Dan Egay. So um yeah he, you two know two of the top guys in the division. So this this one will be will kind of determine who gets knocked like way down the ladder. Yeah, and, and who's and up who in the top top fifteen, up.
1: top yep.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean the winner of this, I have to imagine it is going to get a top 15 fight in their next fight. Um, but yeah, Jeff, give me your thoughts on this featherweight matchup and, and where do you think these guys should be on Billy's radar?
2: Oh, <laughs> dude, Billy, I'd actually like to see you fight, um, Macho man. Um, I feel like he pushes the pace. He's pretty well rounded. I, I think that'd be a fun fight to see you guys go at it. But, um, yeah, dude. Uh, two really tough guys man i i kind of favor amir khani in this one um, just because he's got a lot of power a lot of pace so i think he mixes it up really really well
0: for sure and we got um we got some fun fights on this card on the rest of this card man um we got an m1 fighter uh roman bogatov russian dude he's 10 and 0 making his ufc debut um and he is Fighting Leonardo Santos. We got, of course, Paige Van Zandt uh, after a long layoff coming back. She's fighting Amanda Hibas. That should be a fun fight. Amanda Hibas, a a huge favorite in that one. Uh, I'm just going to go through a couple of these and then I'm going to ask you both, you know, which on the lower prelims um, sticks out to you. We got the heavyweights, Marcin Tabura and Maxine Grishin. You know, those heavyweights, you you know, you're always going to see a show there. And Let's see. I'll give you guys one more to kind of mull over here. I'm going to pick one where I won't butcher the names too much. You know what? Let's leave it at that. So we got <laughs> Paige Van Amanda Hibas. We got, oh, Elizu Dos Santos and, and uh, Muslim Salakov. That's a fun fight too. So between that, Paige Van Zandt, Amanda Hibas, uh, Dos Santos, Salikov, uh, Leonardo Dos Santos against the undefeated Russian making his UFC debut, Roman Balgatov, and uh, the heavyweights, Marcin Tabura and Maxine Grishin. I'll start with you, Jeff. What's jumping out to you?
2: Dude, I am on uh, this uh, heavyweight fight, man. Marcin Tabura, really tough dude. Um, I don't know too much about Maxim Grishin going into this, but, uh, you know, I'm always excited for uh, a marching to bore about. Uh, he's a tough dude, brings a lot of power. And, you know, these heavyweights, they usually don't go to, into judges' uh, scorecards here.
0: Yeah, well, Grishin just for a little background, he's also a Russian making his debut, 36 years old, which is, you know, as we always say, that's a spring chicken in the in the heavyweight division. Uh, but, yeah, he came from the PFL. He has some exciting knockouts over there um billy what's uh what's jumping off the page on the prelims for you um
1: probably out of those ones probably the the, the two female fight the the female fight with Paige van Zandt and amanda um i just think it's a really interesting uh situation um because Paige is on her last fight in her contract so you know it's it's almost like is the ufc kind of cutting ties with her and, and giving her a really tough matchup um you know to kind of if she loses maybe she doesn't feel you know maybe they feel like she's not as valuable. Maybe she's already one foot out the door, and that's why she got such a tough matchup. Um, but maybe they just, you know, maybe they're they're paying her, uh, you know, they're paying her what they think is a lot, and that's why she's, you know, she's got such a tough fight. So I'm kind of rooting for her because, uh, you know, I think it's a really tough matchup for her. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a lot closer than I i, I heard. She was like a, like a minus 350 favorite. So I think it's going to be closer than that. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think it's just an interesting fight just because she's on her last fighter in her deal. And to me, a win would make her a lot more value. Like in my opinion, it would, you know, on paper it would make her more valuable, but I think mm-hmm. she kind of, she went on the record. I think saying that it really doesn't matter. She, she thinks she's worth a lot more either way. So it'll that whole situation, it'll just be interesting to see how that plays out and, uh, you know, possibly a, a future title contender with whoever wins that. Is that at one fifteen or is that one twenty five?
0: I believe at that they're 125, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, and that that's that makes the you know the uh the chance for a title fight even even sooner, even though I don't know if either of them are gonna get uh past Valerie.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um they have a Hebas listed a, as a straw weight, but I do believe this fight is at 125. Um but yeah, Hebas is um she's she's something else, man. She's she's really well rounded. Um, and, and she's Mm -hmm. a fun fighter to, to watch. I mean, you know, she plays spoilers. She's got the win over Mackenzie Dern and then a win over random Marcos in her last fight. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting perspective with Paige Van Zandt and the, the UFC kind of playing those games a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting. It's a really fun card. I mean, all the way up and down Mm -hmm. and then some lesser known names towards the bottom, but as we all know, those can sometimes be, um, Those those can sometimes be the most exciting fights. My mom's watching. Shout out to shout out to mom, <laughs> Mama Welker. Um, <laughs> hey, mom, this is a UFC fighter talking here. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, Billy, I got to talk to you about something here because um, they're reviving the Ultimate Fighter, which I'm excited mm-hmm. about because I was a big fan of that show. You happen to have been on that show. Um, but the, the way I want to ask you this question is first of all, are you ex- excited about the revival of the show? And second of all, if you were going to give a uh, young fighter advice, since you've done both of them, you're one of a few people who has been on both the Ultimate Fighter and Dana White's Contender Series. Um, say they had the option, like, oh, I could go on the Contender Series or I could be on the next season of Tough. Con-
1: Contender Series. Contender Series. <laughs> <laughs> Now think it
0: over a little bit, don't, (laughs) but tell me, I mean, I, I know the obvious answer because the the, there's the instant gratification and it's, it's much less stress. Um, but, uh, do you want to elaborate on the answer at all?
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. So, um, yeah, for me, uh, you know, doing both of them, I just remember thinking, uh, like, so like with my experience, so I, I went on the ultimate fighter Um, you know, we, I, I won my fight to get on the show. So I basically won my fight, uh, got in the show and then lived in the house for seven weeks. So seven weeks of nonstop training, you know, two hours in the morning, two hours, you know, during the day. Um, but again, I won the fight to get on the show. And then that whole season went by. You know, I lost against Saul Rogers, um, but I was there for seven weeks. And that seven weeks is there's no cell phone, there's no music, there's no TV, there's no nothing. So I wasn't, I wasn't, I couldn't talk to my girlfriend at the time. You know, my fiance now. Um, couldn't talk to my parents. Couldn't talk to my brothers. Couldn't talk to my sister. Couldn't talk to anyone in my family. Um, and then, so after all that, the pay really wasn't that much. I didn't get a fight. I didn't get a chance to fight in the UFC. And then, um, you know, about two years after that, they started doing the Contender Series. And my boy, our boy, Matt Fervola, gets a Contender Series fight. And he goes in there, wins his fight, dominates, and gets a UFC contract mm-hmm. right away. So I was like, I already did that on the first episode of The Ultimate Fighter. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. and then he was already, you know, he basically made more money, you know, and I also did the same thing after, but... You make more money, at least at the time. Maybe now that they're maybe now they're paying these Ultimate Fighter guys more. But I made more money in my one contender series fight than living in that house for seven weeks. So it's for me, it's kind of like a rite of passage. Like, you know, guys who've been on other seasons of the Ultimate Fighter, they went through it. So they they know how it is. It's it's very it's it's a lot different. It's stressful. You don't know who you're fighting. Uh, you know, everyone in the house is it gets to a point where the whole house is disgusting and messy and no one cleans up after themselves. Mm. Um, and you just get, it's just like, Oh my God, it's just like groundhogs day, day in and day out. But you do get, a, I learned so much, man. You're my favorite. I was there favorite every single day. Cody Garbrandt was there every day. Lance Palmer, all these high level guys just to, you know, to go over and the learning experiences were probably better. Um, the payout wasn't just being there for seven weeks. It was just such a long process. Um, so I would definitely say if i could go back i'm glad i did it now but if they said you know we'll, we'll give you the same amount of money back, one, i would definitely do the contender series just because there's just it's just a lot quicker it's like a, it's a pretty much like a one day ultimate fighter but mm-hmm. then again i'm sure there's some guys that benefited more from you know the all fighter guys who've gotten who got famous from it uh for me though it was just uh it was just a long drawn out experience Yeah, that, uh, I, you know I didn't really have to be a part of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, you touched on something that I I consider to be a great point too is I think there have been more memorable characters um that have come out of The Ultimate Fighter as opposed to the Contender series because the Contender series, you know, there's a the quick little interviews and and Laura does a great job, you know, g- getting uh you know great mm-hmm. details out of the fighters even right after they come out of the cage but the character development on the ultimate fighter i mean you have seen these guys on tv and girls every every week for seven weeks uh you get to know them a little bit and and they mm-hmm. become memorable uh like the last time we spoke yeah uh, and, and when we had first met i knew i knew about you because i remembered you from the ultimate fighter um and there have been guys you know i try to keep up with everybody that's that's coming up in this sport but you know it's it's getting to be way too much to keep track of there have been guys who have won contracts on the contender series and i couldn't pick them out of a lineup you know Uh, it's just because you have you know so if you're it depends what your goals are if your goals are to start making money and get into ufc i could see going with the contender series route but if you're looking to build your brand as a fighter I think, you know, the ultimate fighter is a, is a good play. And, yeah. and ultimately, if your goal is to get in the UFC, I mean, you got to take – like, nobody's going to get that offer. Like, hey, would you rather do the contender series or, <laughs> or the ultimate fighter? It's going to – like, whatever they have going on yeah. is, is going to be – your opportunity is going to be your opportunity. Like, I don't even have to ask you if your only opportunity was the ultimate fighter, you know, would you would – you Yeah, remember? you're going to do it. Yeah. And I <laughs> do
1: remember – I don't know if you guys – I don't know if you guys are watching this, but I do remember – There was one guy, and I don't don't follow him. I don't really remember how he did, but I remember he won a fight on the Contender Series. And after it, Dana White was like, hey, man, great fight. You know, we're not ready to give you a contract yet, but you just won a chance to fight on the Ultimate Fighter. And I was like, oh, man, they got him. They got him. I was (laughs) like, oh, my God. I was like, this poor guy. And you can kind of see in his face, he was like, like, you're kind of happy, but, like, you could have just got – right in you know what i mean so uh, uh, whoever that that poor guy is i I hope it i hope it worked out for him
0: yeah that's like you climbed a mountain and they're like actually the peak is over there
1: <laughs> yeah not so fast
0: <laughs> oh you wanted to climb to the top of mount everest yeah it's another three thousand feet <laughs> up that way that's yeah. probably the guy that they offered both to and he picked the contender series and they're like all right cool man yeah
1: like <laughs> you're you're on that show anyway, bud. So yeah, me and uh, me and Alon Cruz were talking about it right after it, it happened. Like uh, it probably happened a couple of years ago now, but I remember me and Alon were like joking about it. We were just dying laughing, we're, like that poor guy, because you know Alon fought in the Contender Series too, and he got he got right in. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that that poor guy. That and like those developmental deals, I get. I guess you know the developmental deals aren't as bad because I, I've heard of guys like Chase Hooper. Um, he was only like 20 years old or 19 maybe. Yeah. He, he got, uh, he got, he was on the contender series. They gave him a developmental deal, but basically he got to fight like in other, other promotions. So he got to, he basically got UFC money. And then he went and got to fight for like Titan and these other promotions mm-hmm. while making UFC money. So that wasn't as bad. Um, that's not as bad as, uh, you know, having to basically be on tough after, but you know, however you get there, everyone's journey is different. And uh, you know, it all worked out for me. And now, no matter what happens, like even these last, uh, you know, like when I went to Vegas for my fight, they're like, all right, you got to take the test. You got to stay quarantined in this hotel. And it it literally just felt like the ultimate fighter again, you know, with, with these grown men telling you what to do and you kind of have to listen to them because you know, it's your job. So I think that, uh, it kind of builds character. And now there's really like a, if they tell me, Hey, we want you to fight someone in four or five days or like a week or whatever. I have no problem with it because that's what you do on the show. You just, you know, you're just getting yeah. ready to fight and, and they tell you to fight and you're ready.
0: Yeah. And then we also have guys who lost on the contender series, but you know, their phone numbers stored close to the top because, you know, Sean Shelby or whoever remembers them and they need somebody mm-hmm. to step in and they've gotten opportunities to come into the, come into the UFC, um so yeah there's there's a lot of different paths I I think and we were talking about this last week on the show I think it all comes down to like you have to be ready to fight at any time because if the UFC's in your town and something happens where they need a body to step in there and you're available and you're in shape um you, you might get that phone call or you have to let them know you know go crazy like tweeting the UFC and and Sean yeah. and Dana and whoever like like hey I'm ready to go I'm here I'm on wait um you know, I think Sean Shelby himself has said, you know, I have over 500 fighters on this roster. I have to offer them three fights a year. Like it's kind of hard to recruit new pe- people right now, but if you're ready to go, you're ready to fight. That's the quickest path to get in. Yeah. Um, and I, I think know during you pa- are. Yeah.
1: yeah. Th- during this pandemic, I think this is uh, the most opportunities we've seen, especially, you know, you mentioned like when they're coming to your town, but now it's like, if you're American, you know, like if you were American during this last stretch in Vegas, my boy, uh, Julian Rosa, he was, a, uh, you know, he was on, he was on the ultimate fighter with me. Uh, he did very well on the ultimate fighter. Then he got, he won a fight, lost a fight, got cut, won a fight in the contender series, didn't get signed, but then got signed later, uh, lost a few fights, got cut again. Um, and then just recently this past, uh, like what last weekend, or last week um, they called him on uh short notice. They called him on short notice because someone tested positive for COVID, I think, or maybe someone got injured. Um, he took the fight on four days notice and one got a performance of the night bonus. So he ended up, you know, not being in the UFC to getting re-signed to winning his fight and getting another 50 K. So now he's, uh, he's living good now, just
2: because he was ready at the right time. Hold on, Billy. I think, Bill froze on us, but I, I actually remember Orosa, dude. I remember uh, hearing his name and, and remembering uh, I think he was losing two rounds and then uh, got the submission in the third, so that that was a yep. pretty awesome fight. Uh, Bill, you alright over there?
0: Yeah, we cut. We lost connection. I don't know if it was... Was it just me that cut out? Yeah. Alright.
1: <laughs> For me, it was, yeah.
0: Okay, so it was just me. Alright, so... I'm the only one who missed out. Uh, I guess my internet froze there for a second, but yeah, Julian Arosa, and then he came back and and had that impressive performance against uh, Sean Woodson, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, he looked phenomenal. Um, that guy's a that guy's a real tricky fighter. He's like he's like six foot fifteen. <laughs>
1: he's like, yeah, both those both both those guys over six feet tall fighting at forty five. It's uh, very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're starting to see a lot more of that too. Um, you know these these longer guys who are who are able to make the the weight uh, even at even at 55 seeing these guys like six three six four is a, is kind of crazy to me um because you know you see these guys in person and it's like how how are you doing that
1: yeah, like 155
0: <laughs> anyway jeff I don't know if uh in the hour that i was gone, when I lost the connection there, if you had any thoughts on this whole ultimate fighter versus uh, contender series thing, but um, you, you know, I, I think Billy covered it pretty in depth, but did you have any thoughts on what he had to say?
2: No, I mean, uh, I'm with Billy, man. Uh, because, to me, dude, you know, fighting is such a hard job. Uh, so, to me, you know, the faster you can get to the UFC, good for you, man. Um, but, I, you know, I, I'm a fan of both. I love the Ultimate Fighter. Um, the, the show has produced some very memorable characters and moments. So, I'm glad that it's coming back, dude. I mean, that's definitely something to, to you know, sink your teeth into. And, you know, how many great rivalries of, of coaches that we had. Like, remember when Rampage started to head the door. I just <laughs> broke the entire door with his head. Like, you know, nobody's going to forget that. But, yeah. um, you know, to me, you know, I, I feel like you fighting is, is such a tough road. You know, I, I'm somebody who I couldn't be a pro fighter. It's not in me, but um, you know, for me, if you can avoid kind of the, some of the roadblocks and stuff and just get straight into it and get your career going more power to you, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a long road, you know, I've heard your coach Matt Arroyo Billy talk about how, you know, everybody sees Billy and all the success he has. And they think, you know, he just became famous because he went on the contender series, but you didn't see the 10 years of hard work that built up to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it takes, man. And uh, you know, it's, it was a lot longer than I thought it was going to, you know, that's what they say, you know, usually goals take a, a lot harder than you thought, you know, I thought I could have got on in, you know, 2015. It's, it's always been my goal to, you know, to, to try to be a world champion. Um, And then, you know, then I thought I was, I thought I was almost in on the ultimate fighter. And then I beat Mark Stevens and I'm like, oh, now I'm in, you know, and then I lost a fight and I'm like, oh my God, now what? You know, and then I won two more fights. And I knocked out Eric Reynolds. I thought I was in, then I tore my ACL. And then it was like, it was just one thing after another. Um, But I just had to, you know, I think I was a little bit I think I was a little bit too stubborn and I just didn't want to give up on it. And, uh, you know, it, it worked out for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. And not only did it work out for you, but you know, when you first came back to the contender series, like, Oh, Billy, Billy Q, he was on the ultimate Fighter. He was that guy who was on the ultimate fighter. Yeah. Now that's not even a thought. Now it's, Oh, it's Billy Q, that fucking savage who's on a three fight <laughs> win streak in the UFC. Yeah counting the mm-hmm. contender series and and you're putting on like crazy impressive performances. Um I want to get a couple more things out of you, you know, before we kind of call it quits here. Uh we usually don't look like to look uh, too far down the line and I don't even know when this fight is booked. Uh but your buddy Ryan Hall who was on your season of The Ultimate Fighter just booked a fight against uh, Ricardo Lamas and it's mm-hmm. hard for Ryan to get fights. Like nobody wants yeah. to get in there with this guy cuz he doesn't have a high number next to his name, but it's a high risk. It's like a high risk, low reward fight for a lot of these guys. But, you know, llamas stepping up, he's, you know, 38 years old at this weight class is, um, you know, it's gotta be no easy task, uh, still being able to do this. If he was a heavyweight, it'd be like, well, he's still no got, run. Another, he's got another 12 years in him, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but at this weight, but it, it's an interesting matchup, you know, because, um, you know, Ryan Hall obviously a tough matchup for anybody, but Lamas has not been known to play spoiler. You know, he was like submitted mm-hmm. Charles Oliveira, like who does that? Yeah, and then, and then, uh, you know, knocked out Jason Knight and then had you know, kind of some up and down uh matchups there. Uh, but Ryan Hall is just a, an awkward matchup for anybody. Like, uh, he's not afraid to sh- throw wacky strikes because he doesn't care to go to the ground. Um, uh, but yeah, give me your thought. I know you know Ryan personally, he's a buddy of yours, so. Uh, did you hear this fight announcement and what do you think about it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I knew it was, uh, I knew it was announced before. And then um, actually at right after my fight, you know, I got probably, you know, a couple, like maybe thousand text messages and Ryan's was like the first one, just like the timing of it. It was like the first one I saw. So I was, I was actually just chatting with them the other day too um, about this. And I think it's Ryan's one of those guys and it's, it's not, it's not just the public who says he's like, a very tough matchup and no one wants to fight him. I've actually heard Sean Shelby mention that before that, like no one wants to fight Ryan Hall and and you can kind of see why, you know, he's uh, what seems, you know, what, what you mentioned, like his wacky strikes, that's something that he actually like those spinning back kicks and and all those things. Those are all things that he practices day in and day out. You know what I mean? They, everyone looks at him. They're like, Oh, he's just a really good jujitsu guy. But if you look at his, like how he closes distance on kicks and how he sets them up, you know, like, his role, his like a imminari role, looks like you know, like his setup to that is the same as like his kicks. You know what I mean? So the way he's able to to mix everything together, and just how smart he is, he's very intelligent. Um, and like you said, he's got no matter no matter what happens, if the fight goes to the ground, anyone's in trouble. You know what I mean? It's very hard to uh, to to beat him on the ground you know you're not just gonna like you you can't just like out wrestle him because he's gonna find a way to submit you um so yeah i definitely have ryan obviously my biased opinion is uh i think ryan's gonna be a little bit too much for lamas uh obviously it's a fit it's a you know it's a fist fight and and lamas does have i think the experience advantage definitely the ufc advantage the ufc experience advantage um but yeah i definitely think ryan's gonna gonna take that one but hats off to lamas for for stepping up and taking it and and who knows maybe I could be wrong um I'm just glad people are fighting him and and uh, I'd like to I'd like to see the UFC I would like to see the UFC give him a higher ranking um because you know if all these guys are turning him down there's obviously a reason for it but mm-hmm. I think if they gave him a higher ranking you know if they put him at number 10 or number 9 or number 8 or whatever a lot more guys would be willing to fight him um and that would kind of speed up the process because he's been taking these long breaks because everyone keeps avoiding him
0: yeah yeah for sure um well llamas in uh you know 30 something fights has never been submitted so that's an interesting thing
1: that's that's i didn't know that it's interesting
0: he's got a he's got a submission win over charles Oliveira. so if that's not if that's not a feather in your jujitsu cap i don't know and he's got that he's got that scary power man i mean he could turn Mm -hmm. dudes' lights off at this weight um i think it's a really fun fight and obviously You know, Ryan Hall is a really he's one of those guys that that became a really interesting character to a lot of people because of the ultimate fighter.
1: I'm tough. Um, Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And
0: that was interesting because you could kind of tell like nobody really wanted to get matched up with him because a lot of people hadn't seen that 50 50 uh, leg lock series Mm -hmm. before. So they're like, what is this? And now people kind of know about it, but he's developed it like so far beyond what it was that it's still like a lot of people are behind the eight ball on that, you know, except for the few people who were privileged enough to continue training with him a couple of times, um, mm-hmm. you know, after being on the show with them. Um, one more thing I want to hear from you, Billy, because I've heard this story. I've heard you tell this story about, um, how you met up with Rashad Evans and you might've, you might've had a okay. couple of drinks and, oh, um, yeah. We yeah. like talking about drinking on this show. It's like kind of our thing here. MMA on the Rocks. Um, I happen uh, to be drinking some tequila here as we've nice. been talking. I've got some. Uh, yeah, I've been on a tequila kick lately. This is Terramana. It's um, nice. it's actually the Rocks tequila brand. Oh, okay. I've heard. Yeah, it. yeah I've heard of Wayne it. Johnson on the back. Um, it's a nice like uh, you know, mid level, mid shelf tequila. You know, it's not. It's not up there with, like, the Don Julios and stuff, but, like, it's a nice sipper, man. I've been sipping this, you know, since we started the episode. So while I'm sipping on some tequila, I'd like to hear about this interaction you had with, with Rashad Evans. What were the circumstances and and what led up to this?
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem. So this was uh, um, during my UFC debut. Um, so it, it was fight week. And, uh, you know, so Rashad Evans, I grew up uh, in a small town outside of Buffalo. It's called Lewiston, New York. It's a very, it's like the smallest little town. I love it. I, I go back every year. I'm going to go back uh, when, when I can. Um, so Rashad Evans is a little bit older than me. He grew up in the town right next to us, Niagara Wheatfield. So Lewiston, like where I grew up, and Niagara Wheatfield have kind of a rivalry. Like they, we kind of—they're both like two small towns that kind of go back and forth. You know, a little bit of rivalry. Um, When I went to high school, you know, we would go to like parties where there'd be like Wheatfield guys, and we'd get in fights with them. And like, you know, one of their guys would try to date one of our girls, and vice versa. And we, we were we were always getting in fights and stuff with those guys. Not Rashad because he's you know he was already graduated. Um, yeah, imagine but-
0: Rashad Evans wants to date your girl. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Let it it go, man. (laughs) Um, But no, uh, so Luport and Niagara Wheatfield always had like a little bit of a rivalry. And I always, you know, I knew of Rashad Evans from, you know, the ultimate fighter from being a world champion from all that. And I, and I knew where he was from. I knew exactly like where he grew up. So I've always had a lot of, lot of respect for him. And, and, you know, he was like one of my favorite fighters because he was from our hometown. So, I meet Rashad, and I met I met him once before, just like shook his hand. Nice to meet you. But during fight week, he was actually there with Justin Gagey and Trevor Whitman, and they were um, they were making these, or uh, they, they were basically talking to fighters about these new products they're making. And then Rashad was also there um, doing some broadcasting. So I meet him there like the first day. I meet him on Tuesday, and I'm like signing the posters or whatever. And I introduced, you know, I'm talking to him. He's like, "Yo, nice to meet you." Yada yada. I'm like, "Yeah, I know you're from Wheatfield. You know, we've been stomping you guys out for a while now." And right away, we were like busting balls, like kind of joking, like, "Oh yeah, you Lewis and kids are always talking, you know, shit or whatever." And uh, so we hit, we we hit it off right away, and we're just just joke, you know, busting balls. So it was cool. Him and uh, him and Justin Gagey actually brought us up and me and Frivola and they took our measurements and they said they were going to send us a bunch of equipment, but then they actually sent us a letter last month saying they, uh, they had to pause that because of COVID, which, which sucks because we were going to get a bunch of free equipment, which, you know, I love free stuff. So this is Trevor Um,
0: Whitman's uh, Onyx brand that he does like the headgear and Stuff like that.
1: Yep, 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 yep. They explained it all to us. They're like, yo, this is like, um, you know, Justin Gagey. It was it was crazy. It was Justin Gagey, Rashad Evans, me, for all in like this little hotel room. And he was telling us about all these products. And we were just happy to be there. So <laughs> this is this is fight week. We're just hanging out with Justin Gagey the whole fight week and Rashad Evans. So we were talking and stuff and uh, just kind of busting balls. And so fight night happens. You know, I go out and, and, and uh, I get the win. And um, right after the fight, like we always do, you know, I, I don't drink for like months before, you know, I, and uh, so right after the fight, you know, I just win my UFC debut. We go out to the bars, start drinking, you know, tipping them back and just like what you're doing. <laughs> um, and we we go out and we start drinking and, and we go out and then the bars closed at like 2 a.m. So like it wasn't that late of a night. Like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. We go and get a bunch of we go and get a bunch of pizza. And so we get a bunch of pizza and I love like I'm from Buffalo, so we we eat blue cheese with everything. So like pizza and blue cheese. So I remember we got a couple pizzas and they had a bunch of like blue cheese things. So I had a bunch of them in like my pocket. The reason I'm telling you don't there's a reason why I'm telling you this, don't worry. because <laughs> I'm a fat ass. So <laughs> I get the pizza and I get all this. I have like my UFC walkout jacket and I have like a bunch of blue cheese like packets stuffed in there. Okay. So we go back to the ho we we go back to the hotel and I'm ready to to you know eat the rest of this pizza. So me and my girl go back to the hotel room. We start walking through and like the fighters hotel, and there's fighters everywhere. Like I saw Paul Felder walking by and like we said hi to him, and everything. And uh, I we, we take the elevator up to my room. So we take the elevator up. And we're on like floor, you know, the fourth floor or whatever. And so we take it up and like while my elevator door opens across the hall, another elevator opened and it was Rashad Evans. So I get out and I see Rashad and – Instead of like busting each other's balls, he was just super happy for me. He's like, Oh man, what's up, man? Billy, what's up, bro? He's like, Man, that fight was crazy. He's like, Man, you dominated that guy. And I'm kind of looking at him and like we were both kind of like kinda drunk. You know, it was like it was two in the morning. we we you know, he he was already done working for the day and I already got done fighting. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I right away I'm like, Rashad, I gotta get a picture with you. You know, I'm a big fan, like I wanna get a picture with you. So my girl's still with us. So she takes a picture of us real quick. And uh, he starts asking me, he's like, hey, man, I want to ask you, like, how do you how do you like to set up your takedowns? And like just an innocent question. And, you know, I'm drinking. I'm, I'm talking to him. And I'm like, I'm like, what am I going to tell Rashad Evans? You know, he knows all this stuff. But right before I go show him, I'm like, you know, I got to, like, take my jacket off because I got all these. All I thought was all these blue cheese. Like, I'm like, I'm, gonna about, to, I'm about to get blue cheese everywhere. So when he asked me, I said, hold on a second, Rashad, I got to take this off. So I go and take my jacket off. While I'm doing that, he's watching me, so he takes off his jacket. He's wearing, like, a suit, so he takes off his sports coat, too. And I'm like, oh, God, what did what, what I get myself into? So, first, we start <laughs> off, and I'm, I'm showing him, like, this, like – this silly little takedown. I, like, throw a punch, and I grab the single leg – And then he starts doing it. But when he starts doing it, he shows me his takedown. But he basically just tackles me. (laughs) So he basically tackles me. And then it turns into this, like, this 20-minute thing where we're basically grappling with each other. So he tackles me. And he shows me. And then I don't want to look like a bitch. So I, like, basically do mine. But I do it, like, more intensely. You know, I, like, grabbed him. And then he's like, "No, no, no! You got to do it like this." And next thing you know, we're literally grappling—like two drunk dudes grappling <laughs> each other at two a.m. And you know, my my girl, my girl took the picture. And then after it, she could tell we were about to start like like messing around. So she's like, "I'll just see you in the room." So she left, and we ended up grappling for like twenty minutes. And he's showing me all these moves, and uh, he's like tackling me. It was pretty much like a like a wrestling practice. Um, yeah, and that took place at like two to three in the morning. Right after my fight and the next morning, like when I woke up, that was like the thing I was most excited about. I was like, man, that that whole thing was so, so cool because he didn't have to do that. And, uh, you know, if he would have known, like how much I looked up to him growing, like growing up to that, you know, getting to that level, you know, that was Rashad Evans. He was, you know, world champion. He's from my hometown. Um, and yeah, I got a chance to grapple with him for like an hour. We still got a picture where we're both just like, uh, uh, (laughs) that was uh, probably, probably the best experience I had fight week besides actually getting the win and and the debut. Um, and that was, uh, you know, just a special moment for me, even though we were, we were intoxicated. Uh, but we had, we had a great time and, uh, I don't even know if he remembers it, but for me, it was a, it was a big moment for me.
0: (laughs) That's, that's how the best stories happen. When when people are over the top and under the influence, as we like to say, yeah, it
1: was just uh, it was just us. It was just us two. Uh, it was just us three. And then Bree went went to bed, and uh, I got to grapple Rashad Evans for like an hour. And that was technically on my birthday, so uh, it was technically you know the my birthday was uh, spent you know grappling with Rashad Evans all night. So it was pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. Tell me, your girlfriend took the blue cheese and put it in a refrigerator while this was going on,
1: dude. You know what? So. The funny part about that was we already ate, we ate some pizza earlier and we brought like literally like a full pizza and all this blue cheese back. And then the next morning we, we drove over to my brother's who lives in Virginia. He lives about 20 minutes away. We didn't, we didn't even eat the pizza or the blue cheese after. So I had a, I had a giant pocket full of blue cheese packet for no reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> po- pocket full of blue cheese. I think that's an Almond brothers album. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes um, it is. It's, i mean i'm a I'm a big blue cheese guy blue cheese over ranch every day of the week
0: it it's i agree with that statement for sure i i think putting ranch on like chicken wings is, is that's yeah. me um yeah,
1: blue cheese with wings all day
0: you probably could have gotten rashad to have some blue cheese pizza with you since he's a western new york guy too
1: i know now that i think about it i should have offered it to him but we were just so caught up in the moment he wanted to see my takedown and of course everything he told me i was like what else? What else? What else? I was just so excited, just so excited to, you know, to get the win and just to hang out with, you know, just to see him. It was just so random and it was so cool.
0: Did you, um, did, do you remember some of those details? Like some of those things he showed you or were you just like, you were so high from winning your UFC fight and yeah,
1: you know, you know what the funny thing was, he was basically showing me like what I already practiced, you know, like he was basically showing his version of it, but yeah, mm-hmm. I remembered it. I, I remember it pretty well. It was, uh, it was very similar to, uh, to what I was already, you know, I kind of showed him one way, and he, he basically just showed me a a little variation of it. But of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do it that way now. On, from now on,
0: yeah, for sure. And you you skipped over a very important detail in this story. You told us what you put on your pizza. You didn't tell us what you were drinking at the bar, which is like kind of what we talk about here.
1: Yeah, uh, that's that's something I kind of forget. Well, I'm uh, I uh, you know right after I always wake up a- after fights. I always wake up like with like this weird, like soreness, but like, uh, like, it's like a hangover, like painful soreness. No matter how well I do in the fight, I always got bumps and bruises mm-hmm. and we always, we always drink after it. You know, this last fight, not as much, it was just me and Frivola. We had a couple of drinks cause everything was closed in Vegas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, every single, every single fight night, I always wake up like super like sore and super hungover. So like, I, I always have like a hangover and like pain from fighting So I definitely, I know I drank some Corona lights and I probably had a bunch of like Captain and Cokes. Captain and Cokes are just like, for me, they just taste like soda. So I can just drink those pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Um, And I usually drink Corona lights. Corona lights are like my go-to beer. I know people are hating on Corona because the whole virus thing, but they had nothing to do with it. So (laughs) Corona lights, uh, Captain Morgan, some, some, maybe some, some crown shots, fireball shots, tequila shots uh yeah usually a little bit everything and i'm i'm a a lightweight because uh i get i get drunk really fast because all of training camp i never drink during training camp Mm -hmm. and i always drink the night of the fight so like i mix in like you know cutting weight dehydrating myself making weight fighting and then i mix in a bunch of drinking with that so it's always like just like a bad recipe i always wake up with like uh like so much like pain and like uh you know, regret usually from like drinking so much while I fought. So yeah, <laughs> that's usually how how it goes.
0: All that sugar doesn't help either. The sugar in the soda and then rum I is know made, rum is made from sugar, so that's gonna dehydrate you even more. Um I
1: know, but I can't help myself with a nice like a nice soda with a nice Captain Morgan. It's just it's so smooth and um, you know, I don't mind drinking like, like hard stuff, like, like tequila straight like that. I, I wouldn't be doing that right now, but, uh, you know, usually after a fight, whatever, whatever people, like, usually people are buying me shots and stuff. I'll just take whatever they give me.
0: Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know that, people
1: always buying shots. You can't say no.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a UFC superstar. People want to buy me shots because like they're, they're maybe they've seen the show and, they're, they're, frat, they're Yeah. The, the, those they're aren't frat, the kind of people. Yeah. I, of the show. yeah. I don't think I want to be around those people too much. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys, but a lot of you are weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, what do you think about this Rashad Evans story? I really wanted to get him to tell this on the show. I wanted to, to save it for last year, but uh, I, I know you have some good feedback.
2: Oh, dude, it's awesome. Like, I, I love seeing you, like, fanboy out, man. Um, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> that would be me like that would be my reaction if I ever got to grapple with like Alexander Gustafson or, or like you know, or like Dominic Cruz I, I would just have like a complete freak out and just forget like what I learned and just like oh man but um dude that's awesome um that you and Rashad Evans just kind of started grappling in a hotel um yeah dude uh yeah no that 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 is an awesome story and like it, it, it kind of makes me see you as like a normal person. Cause I, cause I'm over here. I'm like, I'm talking to UFC fighter, but like seeing your reactions to that is pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was definitely, uh, you know, and it was funny because
1: like during fight week I didn't act it like, you know, I kind of just played it cool. I was like, Oh yeah. You know, Rashad or whatever. But then like when we were drinking and, and uh, I already fought, I was like, Oh man, like this is, and I would still <laughs> like, I, I get excited when I see certain guys like that. So it's all good, man. I love, I love this, uh, this life that we live
0: and um it, I know it wasn't was it your fiance at the time or was she your girlfriend um was she cool about it when when she went back to the room or the next day you were like so what do you want for breakfast and she's like why don't you go ask rashad <laughs>
1: yeah. no it was uh she was uh she, she, she's the best she was she was cool with it and uh I think she knew that you know she had a long night too she watched the fights and she was drinking you know with with my whole family throughout the whole day so she was she was happy for me when we saw him but she was basically like oh you're gonna start wrestling now she's like i'm going to bed like and i don't <laughs> blame her she, and then when i came back i was like i was like baby like i was like a, a kid that just got like his favorite candy i was like baby like you wouldn't believe this like and she's like okay i'm like let's, let's go to bed now <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah but i mean you'd have the same reaction if she saw like you know, some celebrity that she yeah, some- I and mean, we've we've
1: We, 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 we've had, had situations like that. Like I didn't like, she didn't know who Rashad Evans was. We went to uh, one of my the contender series fight. Actually, we went to this, uh, we went to this place. It was like, it was a, uh, it was like a restaurant and it was from like a TV show. show she watches uh, Vanderpump rules. Oh yeah, okay. there was there yeah. there was one of the there was one of the, like the girls from that show, and she's like, "Oh my god!" And like, I I couldn't care less, but like, I took a picture for her. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what we do for each other. So when she's excited, I'm excited, and uh, vice versa.
0: Yeah, my my wife's really into that show, so I've I've seen bits and pieces yep. of it, and yeah, um,
1: yeah, yep, you know you know the deal.
0: I imagine she didn't start wrestling with the girl from Vanderpump Rules, though. That probably didn't. No, they probably no, talked it, about. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they were like she was the the one girl. She to me, she I, it's like some like uh, you know they're from like girls and guys from like L.A. And to me, she seems kind of like like snobby, but mm-hmm. whatever. Like a R- Rashad was way cooler. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, at least, I I think all three of us are on board with with that sentiment there. But yeah. um, that's awesome, man. Um, I, I'm really happy for you and all the success you've seen. You know, I've seen you basically living in the gym. And I I see like how happy you are there, you know, just as happy as you are telling the story about Rashad Evans. And uh, I couldn't be happier for you realizing all this success because I know that you genuinely love this sport and you genuinely love what you're doing and you know, all the, all the private lessons you do at the gym and the, the people you interact with there, like everybody has great things to say about you. So it's always good to see good people having success. So, Uh, you know, we're, we're definitely big supporters of you here on this show and, and I'm I'm glad you, you spent an hour and a half just kind of bullshitting with us, uh, talking fights. Yeah,
1: no problem, Bill. I appreciate it, man. It's always good. Uh, you know, it's always good doing podcasts with people that, you know, um, you know, you know, you like, and, uh, you know, I like drinking and I like, I like MMA on the rocks too. So, uh, I appreciate you having me like always, brother. Anytime.
0: Yeah, man. Um, so it's, uh, Billy Q MMA on, uh, social Mm -hmm. media. Is that your handle everywhere? So, yeah. uh, you know, give Billy a follow and, uh, you, you got any plugs, any, any shout outs you want to give the floor is yours, my man.
1: Oh man. Just thank all my sponsors and, and really just I, I, everyone who's, uh, you know, kind of new to following me. I just appreciate the sport. I've gotten a you know, pretty big bump in the last couple fights and, uh, you know, I just, my goal is the same, man. Just keep doing what I've been doing. Keep putting on exciting shows and, and trying to keep climb those rankings and, and get a world championship eventually. So appreciate all the, all the fans supporting me. Appreciate you guys having me. And uh, it's
2: nice meeting you, Animal. Oh, it's, it's nice meeting you too, Billy. And like I told you before we started, I'm a fan of the chaos that you create. And I explained this to Bill um, after your Spike Carlisle fight, is you can create scrambles. And, and out of all that chaos, you find order, which which I'm a huge fan of. And, you know, your relentless pace, man. I mean, Spike, Spike Carlisle was breathing heavy after that fight. So, um, you know, after yeah. watching the fight, I'm definitely a fan, and I appreciate you being on the show, man. No problem, man. I appreciate you guys.
0: Yeah, and uh, you, you created, like, one of the most popular UFC memes uh, of the year, too, with that <laughs> with that punch from behind uh, when the, when he walked away with 10 seconds left on the clock. um, so awesome man um you know we wish you continued success and um everybody give billy a follow and uh, if you guys want to get a hold of the animal here it's at animal underscore wilson twitter and instagram you guys know how to get a hold of me it's at mma on the rocks everywhere let us know what you guys are thinking and drinking out there let us know what you think about you know our breakdown of ufc 251 we'll be watching the fights i don't think we're gonna do a live uh, fight companion for that next week but uh, we'll be back next sunday If you guys want an MMA on the Rocks t-shirt, the link for that is in my Instagram bio. Go check that out. Um, If you find yourself over the top and under the influence at all times, um, then go grab a shirt. Or, you know, just keep listening to the show. We like that too. All right. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. See you guys. Thank you.